welcome to the Overland Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Brady. I'm with my co-host here, Matt Swartz, and we're going to talk about wedge campers. We're going to talk about why you should consider a wedge camper. And we've got some experts with us here today. We've got Spencer Hauser, and we've also got Peter Williams. And these folks, they build the Super Pacific Wedge Campers. This podcast is not about their product in particular, but since they're experts on the subject, it's going to give us a great opportunity to kind of riff on why you should consider a wedge camper, things to look for in a wedge camper, things to avoid, maybe that I've experienced in my own test or Matt's experience in his own testing, and also some of the new technologies that we're seeing coming out related to wedge campers that are making them more and more of a suitable consideration set for people when they buy a camper. So thanks guys for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, thanks very much. And a special thanks to Black Series Camper for supporting this week's podcast. If you want to get out of the camping sites to follow freedom and nature, Black Series Camper can show you the way. From travel trailers to toy haulers, Black Series has options as short as 12 feet or as long as 22 feet. A lineup ready for any need and any situation. Get yourself and your family out to enjoy nature in comfort and style. See Black Series in person at the Overland Expo shows where you can meet with their team and explore their different models on display in person. Please visit Black Series homepage at blackseries.net. The first thing that I think we should talk about is the benefit of the wedge camper. Historically, you would see something like a Winnebago or you'd see a, a Westfalia van and it has this pop top style camper. Those were the first times we saw that coming into play. And then, of course, we saw roof tents for a long time and then we saw wedge style roof tents. And then we would see, of course, people with pickup trucks with fiberglass shells or with aluminum shells on top of their truck. We now see this kind of amalgamation of those technologies and solutions coming into what we now call in the industry a wedge camper. And there are different kinds. There are some that like adventure trailers, AT Overland makes some that go straight up. There's other companies that make some that come up at an angle and they all have their advantages as well. I particularly like the one that comes up at an angle because you can put the nose of the vehicle into the wind and you get a much quieter place to sleep. But then if you need maximum headroom, you may want one that goes up or even one that swings out all the way over the back if you've got a bunch of people that you're trying to pack into a topper. Yep. So Plus that wedge makes a really sweet dirt bike jump if you really need to. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, I didn't even consider that. Yeah. I mean, what, oh, have yeah. I, what have I been doing wrong? You got to take the Moto Guzzi <laughs> off the roof of my camper now. <laughs> you know, I, I have to admit, like yesterday I was driving through Prescott and there was one of those trailers that, that they used to like back off a D9 cat or whatever. Oh, yeah. The ramp was down. I was on the Moto Guzzi. Oh, oh man. yeah. Action, like I think every movie. I think every single knucklehead like myself looks at that and thinks I should jump that. I should yeah, yeah. totally like. <laughs> totally. And if there was a flaming ring of fire, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't be able to stop yourself. Exactly. Really. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so there you go. Wedge camper. It's the reason to buy it is because it becomes part of your jumping routine. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> totally. I like totally. that. Evil yeah. can evil endorsed. I like that a lot. <laughs> and when we think about some of the great strengths of those types of campers is it really comes down to reduced weight. Yep. One of the difficulties, especially when you're looking at a smaller truck like a Tacoma or a half ton pickup, one of the biggest challenges is keeping these trucks at their payload. For example, what does your camper typically come in at for weight? They're roughly 350 to 370. Yeah. So, so that's incredibly light. Yep. Whereas totally. like a typical raising roof camper that slides in to the back of a pickup, you're lucky if you get in at 1,100 to 1,500 pounds. And that's oftentimes the 
full payload that those trucks will have. Now, Matt, your truck is a little different. So what led you to decide on a three quarter ton Ram to go with a wedge style camper, even though you've got the payload for another camper? I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you talked about payload, you know, just because you have a lot of payload or don't have a lot of payload, you you don't want to use all of it. You know, like if your infrastructure maxes you out, then what happens when you start putting passengers and water and food and camping gear in? Or like those nice bumpers you've got on your truck. <laughs> well, <and laughs> those add some significant weight. But, you know, the reality is even with a full-size truck, you know, our payload's something in the neighborhood of 2,300 pounds. And you can eat that up pretty quickly when you start bolting stuff on. You know, a wedge camper that weighs 370 pounds, that's kind of the sweet spot for us. I don't want to like reduce the capability of my truck by putting something on it. I want to enhance the capability. And so I think like in this case, that's what the wedge camper does. It's going to give us added functionality without taking away from what the truck can do. And especially since we pull the Airstream, being able to separate and have that secure storage and a sleeping place. I mean, that's like everything we want to be able to do with our vehicle. Well, and I think your use case is such a great example of that. You've got a three quarter ton truck that does have good payload, but you're towing an Airstream. What's the tongue weight of the Airstream? Do you remember? I think the tongue weight is around 500 pounds. Yeah. So let's say it's in the five to 700 pound range. Once you load it up with some gear that goes against your payload because that's tongue weight. Right. You take away five to 700 pounds. You add 350 pounds. You add some gear. You add some bumpers. 400 pounds of bumpers. And then you add a couple (laughs) adults and your puppy dog. And next thing you know, you're really even on a three quarter ton truck. You're getting close to those payload numbers. We have to remember too, that the performance of a vehicle is very much a reflection of its weight. So there's a reason why a sand rail performs as well as it does in the dunes, even as two wheel drive, because they're incredibly light and powerful. So their performance to weight ratio is very high. So just because we have the payload, we may want certain performance characteristics of the vehicle. We may want it to handle a certain way, or we may do a lot of deep mud or or sand or snow when the total weight of the vehicle compared to the contact patch of the tire is a really critical consideration. So that's where, in my mind, I see that these toppers are oftentimes exactly what somebody needs. The other thing that I've noticed is because it's not a slide-in camper, you get rid of all of this other material. So because it's being bolted to the top of the bed, you now don't have all of that extra structure that would go in where the wheel wells are. You gain a lot more space on the inside too. Absolutely. Sometimes you can, a sliding camper, you can access those little cubbies and things like that through little doors, but it you know, like it's super dusty or it's not easy to get access to. I mean, it adds in a lot of additional weight while you're losing space efficiency. So that's another real benefit of these wedge campers is that you have a very space efficient interior. You get the whole bed. Yep, exactly. And what have you guys done to maximize the available interior space? It's kind of a loaded question because we found in other campers that they're, they don't always optimize those interior spaces. Right. You know, we had to kind of find the magic spot between a straight walled camper and something with a really radical side angle. Sure. Right. We actually made our tent itself a little bit wider than a lot of the other tents that are on the market so that we could have some of the benefits of a, of a pure straight walled camper, yet still retain some of the characteristics and the aerodynamics. Sure. The airflow. Yeah. Of trying to keep it close to that cab angle. So that was one of the things that we did. Yeah. We definitely find that the straight up and down ones, uh, they'll end up with a lot more pinstriping. You also have that frontal resistance of the camper when it goes up by where the cab is. So you get quite a a bit of impact to your airflow, which that's one of the benefits of the wedge campers is you're typically not having a big impact to arrow, usually much less than you would with a roof tent. You really find that you have good arrow out of a wedge camper, Uh, but you don't want those sides to be too much of an angle because then when you're sitting inside, like on a bench, um, then you're leaning forward. You can't sit 
up right when you're on a built out interior. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so we try to maximize the width of the camper right to the edge of the bed rail, but then try to find that magic spot uh, in the height gives you some lean, lean angle, but not a tremendous amount of lean angle. So you're bending over. You know, and what are down. you guys finding when people are purchasing these, these campers? Are they looking to just have them be a replacement for a shell that they can camp in? Or are they looking to do full interior build outs? It's a real mixed bag. There's pretty much full spectrum of some of our folks get in there and want to do a big custom build out kind of permanent setup. So it's ready to go camping every day. For me, one of the huge advantages of this style of camper is that it leaves your truck bed as a truck bed. And so you've essentially with with our product in particular, you have a commercial grade canopy on your truck bed. So during the work week, you're set and you can do whatever you need for your daily driver. But then the transition to camping, you know, is really quick. The way that we're set up in my house is we just have all our gear and totes. We load up, go to the grocery store and we're we're out. You know, that Uh, versatility is a huge advantage. That's interesting. You, You kind of refer to it as is this commercial grade topper. So are there load bars on the top? Like, could you put your ladder for the tradesmen? Are you seeing people use this for tradesmen are using it during the week to go to the job site and they pull their stuff out and they, then they go camping. Is it, is it designed to take some load on the roof as well? Yeah, it'll carry closed. The load transfer is just metal to metal down. Yeah, so it sure. can carry quite a bit of weight closed. And do you guys have available crossbars as well? The way we design it is to, so that it can be accessorized with any, oh, kind of sure. anything you want. You've got so, a, like a rail or a channel up yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a slot on the top and Yakima has a setup you can throw on there. Yeah. So you just have a lot of options. And yeah, even it kind of goes beyond just things that are specifically designed for vehicles. This is one of the things that appealed about it to me so much from a DIY standpoint is those rails, like you can use 8020, you know, like you can get pretty creative yep. with other materials and ways of attaching things. And some of the users, some of the people that own it have done that, right? I mean, oh, people yeah. have gotten pretty. Oh yeah. With it's super what they fun do. to see what people do. Yeah. yeah. There's some clever folks out there doing some cool stuff. Yeah. And that was, we talked earlier about maximizing interior space. That was a, a big kind of design philosophy as we worked through it and was looking at everybody has a different use case. So sure. we, we tried to build a, a framework that you could then go in and really customize and optimize to your needs, you know, and, and maximize that space because quite a bit of space if you're thoughtful in how you use it. Yeah, for sure. And and Matt, for you, when you started looking on the market, what were the things that you were hoping the wedge camper would accomplish? What were some of the considerations that you had before you, you know, made this investment to put it on top of your truck? Yeah. So I think two of the biggest things for me, why the wedge camper is like the right choice for our scenario. Before we talked about like, I never wanted to take away capability from the truck with adding something. I want everything I add to add capability to the truck. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the wedge camper accomplished that in terms of secure storage, right? So we went from an open bed, which obviously there's like tonneau covers and, you know, there's dedicated canopies that don't have tents. Like, sure, those are all options, but the switchback gives me that secure storage. So now all of a sudden living out of the Airstream, which is surprisingly limited on space, given how comfortable it is and roomy and on the interior, but like we end up using our our shower for storage. So now all of a sudden, all of the paragliders and, you know, tools and whatever that's lived in there can go in the back of the truck and I can lock it in there. And I have confidence that it's secure. That's huge. Like that opens up a whole lot of usable space inside the trailer. That was one thing I was looking at. And that could have been independent of the switchback. You know, any wedge camper is going to give you that. Any canopy is going to give you that. So I think that's huge. I also wanted to simplify the camp setup, right? And this is where the wedge tent is awesome. I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of rooftop tents in general, but I think the 
one exception to that is the wedge tent because it is very quick. There's two latches. You push it up, the gas struts do the work, and then it's set up. You don't have to insert all these rods to hold out portions of the fly. And and that's the thing. Like I've camped in a lot of roof tents that are actually more labor intensive and more difficult to set up than ground tents. Way more. Yeah. Exactly. And right. putting them away is even worse. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. It's and, terrible. And you're having to climb around the truck like a rock climber. And you know, that doesn't work for everyone. Like some people are just not physically capable sure. of that. Or yeah. tall enough. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, that kind of excludes a certain segment of the market. So I see when it comes to the rooftop tent, the wedge, I think, adds it adds speed. It, it makes things simpler. Yeah, yeah. It's always been my choice. Yeah. Or even those like hybrid wedges where mm-hmm. they still go up like a wedge, but it's got some mechanism that gives a little bit more foot box space. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. sure. Uh, those work out really, really well. How does the mechanism work in your camper? How does it lift? So it's, it's just a pair of gas struts that are they inside the tent or are they outside the tent? Uh, they're outside the tent, yeah. but they're interior to the uh, extrusion. Sure. So when it's closed, there's no gas struts on the outside outside are exposed. And it's just a big heavy duty machined hinge on the front end. Incidentally, our first design was just as you described earlier, Scott, with a, with kind of a mechanism that would, give you, a, mechanism, yeah, yeah. would give you that foot box. We played around with it and, and kind of did some mock-ups and models and stuff. And we were just a little worried about coming to market with something with a mechanism like that. Sure. That if we messed it up, it failed right sure. out of the box. Nobody's going to trust Super Pacific. Right? Sure. We decided to go with just the single hinge where it does limit your, your foot box a little bit, but it's a super, super reliable mechanism. What I've noticed with that is because you have that continuous engagement along the leading edge of the camper, that even in high winds, even side-loaded, side-loaded winds, you don't get a lot of movement of that top. Oh, not mm-hmm. at all. Whereas the scissor mechanisms, because they're relying under, they're relying on tension on the fabric and then upward force of the struts, yep. they can still move around totally. quite a bit. And even when you're trying to put them down, they can actually get off axis enough that they can start to pinch material or even cut material. I had a roof tent that I was testing that was in that configuration and the wind was just enough that when it came down, it actually scissor cut oh, yeah. the fabric right. um, between the mechanism. They've since redesigned the structure. So it does well based on feedback, which yeah, is sure. why we're out there banging on these things all the time. So we can give people that kind of feedback. Uh, the other thing that I've noticed that you'll see done is that they'll do a good job. And I'm not sure how yours, I've not even seen the inside of your camper yet, but a lot of them, they'll use some kind of felting or they'll use some kind of carpet material um, on the walls and on the ceiling to manage condensation. How do you guys manage condensation in the tent? We designed in a bunch of passive ventilation so that the air can just circulate. Sure. You know, we're in the Pacific Northwest, so we, we really designed it with like wet camping in mind. <laughs> sure. Lots and, of um, humidity. Yeah. Yeah. Humidity and, and rainy long winters. So sure. we kind of imagined ourselves out there in a rainy winter camp. We wanted to be able to have vents open, but sheltered from rain. So even, even if you're socked in, you can still get some air circulating. And it's been really effective for managing, managing condensation. We've gotten a lot of feedback from customers that it's pretty much not been an issue. Oh, that's great. Of course, great. there's yeah. sometimes there's so much ambient moisture that it just clings to stuff. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. Nothing's going to work for you. You have a max air fan or whatever in there. It's not going to do you any good. Right. Yeah. It's more about kind of managing where that condensation goes. Yeah. yeah. The path out. Yeah. yeah. If, it's, exactly. if it's 98% relative humidity, it's yeah. humid everywhere. Exactly. Yeah, that's you, right. can't, you can't get rid of it. You're basically yeah. underwater. Yeah. <laughs> well, and another thing that I really like about that. I mean, if you look at the different styles, the ones that will flip out all the way up and over the back, 
back, you end up mm-hmm. with an awning. So that's a real advantage. You end up with a, yeah, an enorm- a cool design. Yeah, like enormous it. amount of interior space, but then you have all tent material. So they can be yep. in the ones that I've slept in. They can be louder. They aren't as well insulated. So in colder environments, they're more difficult to heat sure. um, because you have so much tent material. Um, you also have the the chance of the tent material, there's a lot more tent material to potentially fail or need repair, yep. but you do end up with a, an enormous amount of interior space. A lot of them will even have the capability of having like a small cot or something like that suspends mm-hmm. in the part over the bed. So that's one style. Um, the other style that we've seen are the kinds that go straight up. So yeah. that's like you'd see on a, on a four wheel camper sliding camper. Um, and they even have their own model now that kind of bolts to the top of yep. the bed and it goes straight up. Yep. Those you end up when you've got the bed kind of tucked all the way out of the way or the sleeping surface tucked all the way out of the way, you end up with a lot more standing space. Yeah. Um, so you can fit more people. Like if you wanted to have a party, you got a lot more space in there or kind of moving around in there. So I think that that's an advantage. But I think that the reason why we see most of them being wedge campers is because of the durability of yeah. the structure. Yeah. The structure ends up being very durable. And why I like wedge style roof tents is the fact that you can point the vehicle into the wind. Yep. Like right now we're in, we're in Flagstaff at the Overland Expo and it is what you guys say was like Armageddon or like you. Yeah. It was uh, Mad, Max. Mad Max. Mad Max. Yeah, it was it's like, Mad, Mad, Max it's like Mad Max out there. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it's gnarly. I mean, there's all kinds of accoutrement like flying through the air and signs and tents and, and everything. I mean, it's bad. It's Home just, Depot there's a, sold out of sandbags over the course of yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I believe <laughs> it. The, the Windy app was showing the peak gusts up into the low 50s. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. so that's gale force winds. Yeah. And we can see that the impact on anything that has a broad surface. We're in a Black Series trailer that's well insulated and it's behind the tent. It's got some other things that are blocking the wind. So it's actually very quiet quiet in here, but when you're dealing with bad weather, so when you have a roof that's at an angle, you can shed snow and mm-hmm. snow load, totally. snow weight. Um, you have much less tent surface area that you have to deal with losing your interior heat if you're heating the interior of the camper. And then for me, the thing that's most important is being able to point it into the wind. I remember I was in San Evaristo, which is a very remote bay in Baja. And I had a roof tent that was a wedge style and I could point it into the wind. And there was another camper nearby with another style of roof tent, a traditional clamshell style. And they broke a bunch of their bent, broke a bunch of their poles, you know, and it was a very high quality tent. It was just so bad. Yeah. The wind was so bad um, that they basically had to try to fold up the tent the best they could and sleep inside. I mean, I sleep like a log anyways, but I never woke up. Like it was just <laughs> not an issue. It is that much better. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. We are right now where we are in our booth. Uh, both our trucks are pointed into the wind. Our tents are hardly moving. Our yeah. flags are breaking. Yeah. Right. Sure. And the, and the poor guys at outdoor by four, their whole canopy collapsed. Oh no. But we're, we're just sitting there and customers are coming up and going, it's not even really flapping or anything. It's like, yeah, yeah, because it's pointing right into the wind. It's It's, perfect. It's almost the kind of weather you want to demo how successful (laughs) the product is. I mean, and like you walk around the event and you can see what's working and what's not working. When you guys look at where the market is right now, because there are so many different options. I mean, GoFast makes a great product and AT Overland makes a product, great product. You guys make a great product. Alucab, there's a bunch of them on the market. What are you seeing as far as innovation 
or where do you think that there are opportunities to continue to move wedge campers forward? What do you think is going to be the next evolution of without giving away your own trade secrets? But what do you think are what do you think are a little bit about are some neat are some needs that still exist? Because I've got some thoughts that come to mind for me, but I'm curious what you guys see for for needs that still exist in the market. I really like what hiatus has done with their hard sided pop up. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, the the kind of origami. Yeah, if you're familiar with them or not, but yeah. But that I, yeah, I red like tails the, doing that. Yeah. Red tails doing that yeah, as yep. well. Yep. Like yeah, I'm surprised that they haven't come out with a, a wedge style truck camper because mm-hmm. they've got so much technology and innovation that design and engineering that they put into making a roof tent. Totally. seems like it's a great, it would be expensive, not, you know, and I'm not saying that it wouldn't be a fair value, but it sure. just the nature of carbon fiber oh, and yeah. everything yeah. is mm-hmm. expensive. Um, That'd be a compelling product, man. Yeah, yeah. It would be yeah. really, it would be really interesting. Some of the things that I think um, that there are opportunities around is starting to integrate more and more modularity, like lightweight um, build outs. So that way, you know, you can hang different structures from the side for storage. Um, you can you know, kind of like what goose gear does, but sure. finding a way to do that super lightweight, really simple. You talk about how you move things in and out of your truck, mm-hmm. having it where it's really easy to do that. So it's not, cause I think that the permanent build out, maybe it works for some people or maybe it's what they think they need in there, but I don't know that the permanent build out is actually the right solution for it most It depends people. a lot on time of life, you know yeah. what I mean? And just what your circumstances are. But if, yep. if you're, if the truck you take out for adventures is also your daily driver, yeah. driver the permanent build out's tough. You know? Yeah. Um, I just went, uh, my parents were in town, my, in Portland, my dad loves the air museum in, in uh, McMinnville. Okay. So we went and looked, I got super inspired. I'm already very familiar with airplanes, right? But sure. Just looking at all these jets and things and how lightweight the gauge material that they're using compared to what we're building our stuff out of. Now our stuff is bulletproof, right? It's just burly, but it got me thinking about, you know, truck bodies are made out of very, very thin material. Why True. couldn't we like go like really, really lightweight sure. with what we do? But you're going to have to also get a customer that's used to a door that you can kind of uh-huh. push and dimple yeah, just like sure. you can to the side of your truck. Right. right. And I think so, like you're saying with this kind of super lightweight and modular kind of thing. This content is brought to you by Overland Journal, our premium quality print publication. The magazine was founded in 2006 with the goal of providing independent equipment and vehicle reviews, along with the most stunning adventures and photography. We care deeply about the countries and cultures we visit and share our experiences freely with our readers. We also have zero advertorial policy and do not accept any advertiser compensation for our reviews. By subscribing to Overland Journal, you're helping to support our employee-owned and veteran-owned publication. Your support also provides resources and funding for content like you are watching or listening to right now. You can subscribe directly on our website at overlandjournal.com. I hear you. That's yeah, where I, that's where I think that there's about. a lot of opportunity is that they're already light. If you look at a Tacoma, I mean, like you can have a couple buddies and a sandwich and for the payload that they've got, you know, so, <laughs> you know, so, so it just seems like that there's such an opportunity to go to, to look after what are the old, how light could you make a wood, you yeah. know, wedge style camper. And if they start getting into that same weight range of like an 
air topper or any of the standard fiberglass toppers, yep. you know, where you start looking at 200 pounds, 220 pounds. I think that that would be really impressive. Oh yeah. 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 And I also thought that, you know, like opportunities for how do we integrate the awning into the structure of it? So you're not bolting an awning onto the side of it. Sure. Yep. You're taking advantage of some of the structure that's already there. That also seems to make a lot of sense to me. How do you integrate technology too? Right now we have the Starlink yeah. uh, satellite mm-hmm. dish that's it's mounted on the top of of the black series, but the people who start to think about how do we make it really easy for people that want to work remote yeah. to mount these tools to oh, do yeah. their job. With COVID, we were kind of this weird hybrid and, you know, we're startups, so we're weird hybrid. You never stop working at home, right? For sure. Well, that's the cool thing about being a startup or owning your own business. You get to pick whatever 14 hours a day you want to work. <laughs> <laughs> Minimum 14 hours a day. That's yeah, right. exactly. And you can do it anywhere you, you to- want. Yeah. Yeah. Total control over yeah. that 14 yep. hours. Yeah. Yeah. So. But we've had a lot of customers kind of talk about that because of, of COVID. Now they're used to working remotely, you know, and, and having success being way off in the woods and just typing away. Pete's got a lot of thoughts and ideas around, you know, what we could do for that. Yeah. I I think there's just so many cool opportunities to try to help these remote workers achieve their goals. Totally. And Mm -hmm. I think that the manufacturers that start to pay attention to that and really integrate those solutions, I think is a very cool idea. And as you guys have done with making a very lightweight camper, there's been enough wedge style campers out there that you were like, ah, that works well, or this doesn't work so well, or you see feedback from bloggers, or like you guys mentioned, you know, reading the Overland Journal article on wedge campers, you're, yep. you're able to realize like that there are, there are things that maybe people thought would work and they don't work. Sure. And then we can begin to refine the product. How about you, Matt? What have you seen in the work that you've done around wedge campers where you're like, you know what? It would be really cool if it did this or that. I mean, that's a good question. I think a launching pad for your, yeah, I was going to say yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 A big, a big slingshot on the top, right? You had really strong <laughs> net, springs. You could get, net, oh like yeah. A a type thing. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Totally. <laughs> Definitely. We could do a roof mounted winch to pull us up into the air. <laughs> One person drives the truck, the other hooks into a camera. Oh, good idea. Honestly, I don't have any big ideas, which is probably why I'm not a person designing these things, but I see some of the things that you guys have done differently with your product that stood out to me. And, you know, it kind of comes back to what you were just talking about, you know, uh, being able to, to integrate things and make these work for the user, however they need Right. the T-slots all around. It's just, it's so simple to start there and let the user figure out what they want to do with it. It leaves the door open for that. Uh, the threaded bosses on the inside, you know, for I'm sure accessories that we'll see down the road. And so that kind of thing, yep. I think thinking in, in that mindset of like, how can we present uh, infrastructure that can easily be customized? Because it's so hard to say that any one person wants or needs one specific thing. You know, if you kind of leave the door open to the individual, people can innovate on their own. I mean, one thing that's kind of very different, but in the same space that I've seen recently is there's this inflatable bed canopy that you can get now. Have you guys seen this? Yes. Yeah, I think so. it's like RF welded. It's kind of like yeah. the technology of a paddleboard. I don't yeah, know yeah. what the weight is. Graham just wrote it up. But, yeah, and um, it pops up yeah. when you inflate it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that that kind of thing is cool. So that's a little different. Now, I wish I had some better ideas around this. I'm just psyched to see, you know, I think what you were talking about, the lightweight, a modular kind of interior, because I don't want to build out the bed with like a full camping setup, but a little more infrastructure might be beneficial at times. Even and paying attention to people's needs around side windows. For example, like the windows that are in this black series, I think they're perfect for 80% of users, yep. but they don't survive well with brush scrapes and and that kind sure. of thing. Yeah. So if you were to look at the windows that are in an earth roamer and there's other big campers that use them as well, they're glass yeah. and they are incredibly strong tempered. Yep. Um, they've got all the integration of the shades and privacy and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. And then the way that they fit flush, I mean, they just end up being incredibly robust 
in those conditions where we end up with a lot of brush scrapes and stuff like that. Did you, did you end up going with windows, side windows on your camper, Matt? There is, so there's, there's two windows, but they're on the, the front. So at the back of the cab, so you can oh, see, sure. so you can see in from the cab of the truck and then there's a rear window. That makes sense. So you sense. can see in from the back there. So you can see, see the airstream behind you, make sure it's yeah, still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, so one thing did come to mind for, and it's not necessarily innovation, but it's kind of like prepping the product right for customers. I think a really cool feature that I'd like to see adopted more widely is designing a camper that allows the customer to integrate anything that would require routing wires anywhere. So yeah. make it set up so that the customer doesn't have to create any roof penetrations whatsoever and can mm-hmm. get a wire to any corner of the, the camper. Yeah, that would be really useful for yeah. sure. We've, yeah. we've thought about that a little bit. It's a, That's a challenge. I mean, right? you guys have gotten very close. I'm, I, I will say, because like you have the, the wire chases like all throughout, it's 90% of the right. what I just described. Right. But that last 10%, yeah. you know, trying to figure out how to get it out of the tent, keep it sealed up. Keep yeah. it waterproof. That's why you guys are engineers and <laughs> just test the stuff. Well, and I think one of the biggest engineering challenges, and you guys may chuckle at this, but I think one of the biggest engineering challenges of the wedge camper is the integration with the tailgate. Oh, how do you yeah. possibly keep dust Absolutely. out of that spot? Mm. It is. How do you guys it's deal nuts. with that? We have a, we have an adjustable bottom gasket. Oh, nice. That, that for most of the modern trucks that have the big wide four yeah, inch wide huge, tailgates, yeah. you can adjust down into that oh, and you've got a pretty good gasket as opposed to kind of a wiper type of gas. This is a surface. I don't find that the wiper ones work. They, There's so much uh, like kind of vacuum negatives, mm-hmm. you know, yep. back, I don't know what you, you guys are engineers, but I, that term escapes me at the moment, but vacuum, drive, vacuum's a good term. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just, it just, cause you're running down the trail and it, it's creating this vacuum at the back of the vehicle yep. and it's like it an just airplane. Pull, yeah, totally. It yeah. just pulls the dust right in past yeah. that seal. Yeah. So we've got the, we got that, that surface, but there's this little area in the very corner where the tailgate and the camper, like the body of the camper and the back door all meet. Yeah. And that is, it is quite a, a challenge. Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It is quite a challenge. And then the tailgate itself is not sealed no, between not the body sides because it doesn't have to for yep. their purposes or selling a pickup. You know, that gap is there and it just like, just can pump. What I always thought is like, why not create some positive pressure yep. in the camper? Cause you want a fan in there for ventilation anyways. So maybe there's a way to run the fan in reverse. Yeah, it's like where a breathable just, fabric for dust. Yeah. And yeah. it just has a little bit of a, some kind of a filter or a membrane and you can just pack some positive pressure ventilation yeah. into the camper so that you're forcing dust out. Yeah. I always, is it RSI? They, maybe ha- has they something have, like that. They do on their, on their toppers. They have some sort of, it's like a positive air vent that creates positive pressure. Right. Yeah. And and I've seen that. The first thing that comes to mind is if you're the first guy in line, that's awesome. But if you're the third guy in line, just driving through that mm-hmm. constant dust cloud, aren't you just filling your camper up with dust? And I've, I've never had a chance to test it. Sure. So there may be something, you, you know, the they'd have to have some kind of a yeah. filter. Well, yeah. there's, there is a layer of dead air that is over the surface of things as air's coming over it. Sure. So maybe yeah, that's Maybe they got it in the yeah. right spot. Yeah. Yeah. That, Cause you also want the vent when you're sleeping up there, you want to be able to, you know, extract the air out yep. of the camper, you know, if you're cooking inside mm-hmm. or whatever, you can pull a little bit of air through the windows, keep you cool when you're sleeping, but it seems like reversing that and creating some positive pressure, but I've never seen anybody do that right yet. That's I mean, one of the challenges. Scuba tanks. Just, just fill a, a bunch of balloons <laughs> and then <laughs> kind of pop them as you go. They'll, they'll pop as you drive. Yeah. The <laughs> totally. But yeah, anytime I've ever used a wedge camper, I'm just always shocked by the amount of dust that ends up in the back. Well, that is, I think, a, a big difference between a like a wedge camper and a slide-in is because you are sealing. You, our camper's sealed to the top of the truck sure. rails. So like from the rails up, we're really confident that we've got a tight product. But right. from the rails down, you're sort of on your own. And they design truck beds for draining. Yeah. You know what I mean, they don't design them to be tight against dust and water. Yeah, for yeah. sure. 
Yeah, it's almost like you could uh, have a tailgate delete backdoor that you guys, I mean, it would be so model specific. Then you start to get into a bunch of tooling and everything else. But we yeah. have seen like we've got some customers are just like, you know, this is what I signed up for. I'm yeah, cool sure. with it. And others are like going hard to try and just lock it out and make that thing float if it ever gets in the water, you know. Yeah, but sure. It's really fun to see how people run that down and, and how they seal up around their tailgates and, and find know, a way to make yeah, it work. Kind of yeah. fill all the little gaps that are yeah, just part amazing. of the truck bed, you know. Yeah. People get into it. Yeah, it's they cool sh- to see. They sh- Sure do. Yeah. Absolutely. What inspired you guys to to do this? I mean, I think you were, you mentioned you had a machine shop and like now you're making cool campers. So like, <laughs> how did you go from, from that to this? Uh, so yeah, I had a, I had a machine shop and, and had a company that made Ducati motorcycle parts oh, that's for cool. about 10 years. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Early teens, we sold the brand and shut that down and I went off to do some other things. And then Pete came to me and you take this, I'd say you take the story from here. I mean, the, I guess the real genesis of this whole thing is like, I've got a six year old son now. And he was three when we were first picked this idea off. And we had a 2005 Forester and a dog. And to get out for a night in the woods was this Herculean effort. Sure. My partner and I started looking at like what's out there, what, what would be a better kind of adventure vehicle to, to have an adventurous family with. And we landed on a four-door pickup as the right thing for us. I started looking at sliding campers, all that stuff didn't quite fit into our life. Started seeing these kind of wedge top of the truck bed rail campers out there. Spencer and I had worked together at a design consultancy in the past. And we both just are pretty passionate about designing and making stuff. So I went over to his place and showed him kind of what I'd been looking at, kind of what was on the market at that point. And I was like, man, let's build, let's build campers this summer. Let's do a summer project. We'll make one for your F-150, one for my Tacoma. It'll be easy. Yeah, we'll just knock it out. <laughs> <laughs> so that led us into really a deep dive on like, what's out there? How are people doing this? How would right. we do this? Oh, it'd be cool. And we just got into it, you know? And then that kind of led into like, you know what? Maybe instead of a summer project, we should actually look at this, design this thing for manufacturing and think about what a business around this thing might look. Cause it yeah. looked like there was an opportunity. Oh, there's yeah. so much opportunity. We just see them. We see them everywhere now. I mean, oh, yeah. 10 years ago, you saw roof tents on mm-hmm. every vehicle. Now, when you walk around Overland, there's a lot of roof tents. I'm not saying that there's not a lot oh, of yeah. roof tents, but <laughs> you don't see as many clamshell style roof tents sure. anymore. You see mostly hard shell roof tents. You see a lot of these wedge campers. There's a product from way back in the day called a wilderness. Yeah. I yeah. That, like, that was the real deal. When I was driving little Toyota pickups, I was always like, oh, I got to find one of those. I got to get one of those. But in I fact, wasn't that, one. wasn't that designed by, it was a famous mountain climber, like a rock oh. climber. It was, we'll have to put that in the show notes, but yeah, it was designed or it was run by like Alex, somebody or whatever. I mean, it was like, it was like one of those famous rock climbers. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know who designed And he, he just like, he built the thing that he wanted to go out yeah. just like you guys. Yeah. You're like, we, we've got some problems we need to solve. And he, he built this real, and now they were very different in the fact that they didn't go out over the back. They flipped yeah. out to the side yeah. and then they had support rods yeah. and stuff like that with, that would, could hold them up. Yeah. They're pretty amazing. And yeah, they, totally. They totally like captured my imagination back. In no the, doubt. Like the late nineties. Probably. I remember. I yeah. Yeah. They were, I mean, if he had just, if he just held on for like yeah, another five years, <laughs> totally. yeah, absolutely. I mean, they would have taken off. And of course, you know, flip pack was one of the really early yep. ones as well. Exactly. They yep. were fiberglass tops yep. made in Southern California. And I don't know if they're still in business or not, but these guys were just, they were just a little bit before the explosion. Totally. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Pretty amazing to see that. And Matt, what do you think you're going to, what's going to be your first adventures with the the new wedge camper? Oh, what, what's the goal? Cause I mean, well, the goal for you, is, it solves a bunch of problems. It, it does. I mean, the big goal for me is like, let's park the Airstream and break off and do something a yeah. little bit yeah. more out there. Let's just get kind of back to the roots of why we travel and do this stuff. It's not to be in like a luxurious, comfortable Airstream all the time. It's to go and have these really <laughs> cool experiences. You know, that's, that's the difference between like living on the road and going out and having an adventure and sure. they can, they can uh, kind of coalesce and they can be intertwined. But 
there's always compromises to make. Sure, right. Yeah. And like right. long-term living on the road for me dictates a certain level of basic necessity, comfort kind of stuff. So the wedge camper for me is like, I'm kind of excited to get back out there. Yeah. Um, you know, so that might be like driving on a road that I would never take the Airstream on, right. Getting to a beautiful campsite. There's one that comes to mind in Ure that's above the town that there's no way I could bring the trailer up there. I know I can get my truck up there with the, yep. with the new camper though. Um, and it's totally worth being there. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But in the real immediate future, we're flying back to the Portland area after this event and the trucks out there, we're going to grab it and we're going to head out to, um, Western or excuse me, Eastern Washington for a paragliding flying. So I imagine we're going to be driving retrieve and hopefully we're going to be driving up to some pretty cool spots and maybe having some camping opportunities there. Well, and I remember Matt, when you first talked about getting a topper, cause at first you thought, well, I'm going to get some kind of a rack back there. And then you're like, nah, cause it doesn't solve the security issue. So then you started looking at, you know, just regular canopies. And then you realize like, if I'm going to get a canopy, I might as well get something that I can camp out of. Maybe it adds a hundred pounds over a canopy, maybe 150. Yeah. Not, at the much. most, it yeah. just doesn't add that much. No, yeah. it's, it's just like, it's just such an easy decision to make. It's like, have the tent, have the shelter. Yeah. And it's not just a place to sleep. Like you can move the floor and stand up in the bed of the truck and have full weather protection. I mean, it is a level above just a rooftop tent. That feature of being able to pop it up, yeah. stand in your truck bed and push the bed forward. Like yeah. for, for me at this time in my life, it's all about getting outside with my six-year-old son and like yeah. ski days, even if I didn't sleep in that thing, just being able to get in there and like get in and out of wet clothes. Totally help, makes sense. Do what you yeah. need to do. And be out of the weather a little bit. I mean, so useful because Matt, you still do a lot of rock climbing and stuff. I mean, to be able to change at the end of the day or to change into whatever you got to get or to be honest, we had put a lot of that on pause with the paragliding because it's just kind of like consumed all of our free time. But we have been climbing lately. Like it, in the last couple months, we went to Indian Creek and we were climbing around Moab. And again, that's where I'm like, oh, I wish we didn't have the camper install all the time. I'm like, I wish I had that secure storage, leave the climbing mm-hmm. gear in the back of the yep. truck overnight and not have to worry about someone, you know, helping themselves to it, keeping it protected from dust while we're driving down those long dirt roads to get to the climbing crag. Um, yes, totally. We've, within my family, we've discovered all these kind of urban use scenarios around the wedge camper because it's so quick and easy to deploy. Both my uh, daughters play soccer, play a lot of soccer, many a soccer game, pull up to the edge of the field when it's raining, you pop the top, me and my wife sit up top there. We can see over the fences, you can see mm. the whole field. So you're watching the game while all the rest of the parents are getting soaked. That's that's super great. Next level. Yeah. Yeah. muddy kids coming off the soccer field being all muddy and stuff you pop the top kid goes in the back changes their clothes all sure out. my brother-in-law's dirt biker same thing you sure know, he'll come off the trail jump in the back be able to change out of all his gear totally makes surfing sense. buddies do the same thing so yeah it, it would be a great surf kind of platform oh man, as well getting in out of, out of a wet wetsuit it's like, totally yeah it's not yeah. Right, humiliating sometimes well and we talk a lot <laughs> we talk a lot in there <laughs> it's true it's so true it's like why is this so hard to get off right and you're exhausted after yeah, exactly. whatever surfing or spearfishing or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're flailing around. We talk a lot in this podcast about spending less, bringing less, Absolutely. being more minimalist yep. in the way that you approach travel. And that is one of the things that I find so compelling about the wedge style campers is that they are very simple. They are much less expensive than a full camper. They're much lighter than a full camper. And I think it solves the needs of, of many people. For those that are listening, if you're looking at trying to build out a camper or you want to 
to have a camper installed on the back of your truck that you can sleep in, it's worth considering a wedge camper for that because they are so much less expensive and they are so much lighter at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a number of companies to choose from and and we all kind of have these specific lanes. You've got a real- A lot of good options. You yeah. Know? You can basically, yeah. you should be able to find something that really fixes whatever problem you're trying to solve. You know? I, yep. yeah, I've been absolutely. having that conversation with folks who have already seen the camper and they're like, what is that? And you know, I'll, I'll talk to them, but yeah, the truth is there are so many good options right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like you should be able to find one that kind of fulfills all of your basic needs. Yeah. And they're all, they're just all so solid and most of them are so well-made. It's awesome to yeah, see that. Absolutely. It, it has been fun to see in the like couple years we've been doing it to see a bunch more pop up and yeah. like a bunch of other pr- approaches to solving similar problems. It's sure. just, it's very cool to watch how people approach that. Well, yeah. and you guys are able to create a business that's consistent with your passion. You're doing it in Oregon you're employing people in your community. You're manufacturing the product in the United States. It's something that people can get serviced here. It's designed to be used in the remote conditions and rugged conditions around the planet. I think that it's a very it's a very compelling product for so many people, especially as we start seeing people migrate more away from wagons and towards pickups. Yep. yep. So it's pretty exciting to see. Yeah, it's sure. exciting. And we're very lucky guys. We're yeah, having, for sure. We're, we're having a good time doing this. Well, Spencer and Peter, we appreciate your time. Matt, do you got any other questions or comments that you wanted to, to fire off around wedge campers? Oh man. No, just, it, it's really fun since having that on people have come out of the woodwork and they're like, you have the ideal setup. That's what I want to do. I want to do a travel trailer and a wedge camper. And I'm like, I'm glad that I'm not the only one that thinks this is like a, a really compelling way to, to do yep. the full-time travel thing. Yeah. And I'm just so excited that when, you know, we park the trailer and we just want to use the truck, that that's an option now. And it's, you know, it's more full featured and it gives us everything we need. So my only question is like, how soon can we see more accessories? Like I, I want to see, you know, all the ideas that you guys have come to fruition. Well, yeah, it'll yeah. be fun to see what you guys come up with next and what we see from the industry next with, yep. with wedge campers. I think it's a really compelling choice. So, well, we appreciate you guys being on the podcast. We will talk to you all next time. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot.